That was Michal Przanski with Boner Code. Yes, we're back with another episode of Kiddush Club, the podcast. This is our 11th episode, I believe. That's We're into double digits, by the way, and that is a big deal. It's a milestone for it's us. It's totally it's a, a thing. It's a milestone, and uh, we thank all of our listeners. Absolutely. And in honor of our 11th episode, we will be having an why, interview. Why is it the 11th episode that gets an, like an honorary? No, it's not. I was just yeah, okay. I was just throwing it out there. All right. I'm just saying. It's like any yeah, double digit episode. It's like could, any other episode. Yeah. Uh, but we will have a interview a little bit later on with none other than Heshi Tischler. Yes. And he was great to sit down with. He's a fun guy. I do want to mention that uh, we do have different guests on the show. Uh, that doesn't mean we're specifically endorsing them we are apolitical here oh did you have to go there yeah i had to go there who cares i just had to make sure that everybody knows we you know he is a uh, an oscan he's an advocate for the jewish people the views of our guests are not necessarily the views of <laughs> yes. clubpodcast.com yes is that a good disclaimer you're yes. good you're happy yes. you can't hold it against us whether for good or for bad you can't yell at us for not supporting your candidate you we don't support anybody you can if you feel and like if something other, if, if other you feel like something that let was them said come on. was un was no good let us know send yeah. us an email let us know but i don't want uh, you know oh yeah, why, I don't why care. don't you have why don't you have uh, curtis lee on i would love to have curtis lee on i would love to have curtis if you're listening to this i want you on this show i doubt he's listening <laughs> something tells me he has more important things to do than to put on kiddos club podcast Choosing new color berets I mean, <laughs> what could it possibly be Okay, so let's jump right into a little bit of what's going on at the news. Obviously, what everybody's talking about is the uh, anti-Semitic attacks that have been going on, and uh, we are going to bring that up and talk about that with uh, with Heshi. Uh, but aside from that, we are happy to see that this week, uh, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris both tweeted uh, their disdain and their disapproval and their condemnation for the anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic attacks that have been going on in the country. Yes, it's about time. Um, but when you read the tweet, it doesn't really sound like Joe Biden. You know, I, I doubt that he's writing his own tweets. Like with the last president, at least you knew he's writing these tweets. And it was up to your own imagination of like, where is he right now when he's writing this tweet? Like if he's tweeting at six o'clock in the morning, you know that he's got like messy hair and, and probably he's in pajamas. <laughs> But why with Biden, it, he's not even writing his own tweets. But why is it there's when no Trump chance it, that the that you know he, at four in the morning you had no problem with it? But when Biden doesn't, no, it's because because Trump was writing his own tweets. Write them true. yourself, and I'll respect them because they were all. But caps. there's no chance <laughs> that Biden. Caps. <laughs> there's no chance that Biden is writing these tweets. You understand? No, no. And I mean, ha, it's like ha, it's like me cutting my own hair. You know what I'm saying? But I can do, do it. Your, you do cut, but your if own I hair. do, I'm probably going to look pretty stupid. So. Haraya, that you're right. The words of Biden's tweet and the words of Kamala's tweet are almost exactly the same. Biden's tweet reads, The recent attacks on the Jewish community are despicable. They must stop. I condemn this hateful behavior at home and abroad. Kamala's tweet is, The surge in anti-Semitic attacks against the Jewish community in the U.S. and around the world is despicable. It must be called out, condemned, and stopped. Almost word for word, exactly the same. It makes you wonder if like, a memo was sent out by the DNC to all the Democrats to tell them what to say about the uh, situation with anti-Semitism. I mean, if you need a memo to know what to say about the current situation, like that in itself is a problem. It's but a again, you don't know that that's true. They just have like a writer and he's just writing these Was it just a coincidence? It's just a pure coincidence. No, it's probably the same guy. They, the president doesn't have... It's not one writer who writes all the speeches. This is the presidential... I was a former speech writer for one of the presidents. What? Yeah. True, oh, will you true story. The, true story. 
No, that was okay, that's I, never true. Just tell I me did, that's never true. I did always believe that I could be a speechwriter. I know you. I just I don't know wrong. you that long. Who knows what happened in your past life? Yes, it, it's a sorry state of of affairs. Affairs, but uh, the question is: Are you walking around with a yarmulke? You're not walking around with a yarmulke. Yes, you I are. Mean, of course, I am. What does that mean? When you go on the subway, you go on the subway. You wear a yarmulke. Yes. You don't wear a hat. I don't wear a cap. So I don't either. Yeah, I just wear my yarmulke. I mean, look, if a situation looks precarious, I'm going to, you know, take precautions. So here's my question. Why, you know, we have a chiv to take care of ourselves, to make sure, you know, watch our health. So doesn't that mean we should be putting on a cap and taking off our yarmulkes? Uh, I think a lot of that is left to how you feel. Like, if you feel threatened, then obviously there's no mitzvah to get beaten up, you know? I mean, I'm a proud Jew, obviously, but again, I'm, I don't think there's a need to wear a black eye right? to, to so, prove that. So you see what's going on all over New York. Obviously, we're based in New York, so you don't, you're don't, not worried. I haven't seen firsthand the—I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the anti-Semitism firsthand. Look, you see it on the news, and wherever you go, you're going to see WhatsApp clips because wherever it happens, someone's there with a the phone. But I haven't seen anything personally that gives me cause for alarm. I mean, Baruch Hashem, I'm not complaining about that. But I feel like this, it, there are isolated incidents. And again, media is just so quick that everyone gets it immediately. So yeah, there were a handful of anti-Semitic attacks. A handful of them were against, you know, uh, uh, from, from really from people. And it, it just makes its way around. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I'm bored. Speaking of Kamala, by the way, yeah. did you see the video of Kamala meeting with, what was it, the South Korean premier, prime minister, yeah, ambassador? Whatever. Some Asian dude. Some Asian yes. dude where she shakes his hand and then she wipes she her wipes hand. It. Yeah, that was bad. She, she wipes her hand and every, she got killed. She was, it was an affront to the Korean people. They were going crazy. Yes, Twitter was talking all Twitter about was talking, it. But I have to tell you, my take is very different because, you know, like when you go to a chasana, and you go into the horror, and the guy next to you, 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 you take his hand, and he's got the clammy hands. You know what I'm talking about? That is the absolute worst. And okay. by the way... So how did you blame Kamala? I'm not saying. You know, there's a discreet way to do it. You know, like, it looks like she's like like wiping Ew. porridge off her hands. Cooties. Yeah. But there's a way to do it. There's no... Uh, it was definitely not done discreetly, you know? Could have been done better. So, speaking of chasanas, I mean, now they're, they're a dime a dozen now. I yeah. mean, we didn't have them for a while. And we now, missed those days. And now they're back. And now I'm starting to, like, only... Like, I don't spend time at chasanas. Me neither. You know? Because most of the time when I go, it's like, mm, I barely know this guy. I certainly don't know the chasan call at this point. Wait, do you eat at chasanas? Because I don't eat at chasanas. <sighs> it's a tough question. And, and, and the quick answer is absolutely not. I mean, Good. unless I'm related and I'm spending the whole night there. Right. Otherwise, I do not... I don't want to... I don't want to have a sit-down dinner. I don't want to have. A, I don't want to be waiting on a buffet in, line. In Mazel Tov out. Yes, that's the goal. But again, it's also because you know we have so many chasanas that we that we get invited to. Just as as, as Yidden, that's that's yeah. the culture. You talk to a guy, by the way, and they have if they have like two chasanas a year, it's a busy year. Yes, you know. And then it's like whenever you tell, like you tell people in business, oh yeah, I have a wedding, and then another one, like they're looking at you like with four eyes, like well, how many people do you know? Yeah. Like how do you have all these weddings? I have my third cousin once removes wedding, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm running out of the office. I have a I have a chasana, and they go, oh wow, congratulations! Right, they get very Who is excited. It, your sister? I'm like no, <laughs> they get excited. <laughs> they think it's like a major ordeal. So we have so many that we go to that it's like I can't 
spend time. I'm not. I, I don't want to spend time there. Like I know you. Like from shul, your yeah. your daughter's getting married or whatever. Maybe you're a little bit of an older chassan, but I'm not spending time unless I'm really connected. So that's what it's become. It's become like we're back into that mode of of you know just go in, get me out. Yeah. The hard part is, though, is waiting for the wives. For some reason, oh the God. wives want to spend all night in a chasana. No. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, I thought you meant waiting for the wives before you go to the chasana. Oh, that's also. That's the worst. Yeah, that is also the worst. What? But, but, but again, if you, really, if you're not excited to go, so you don't really mind waiting. It's not like I'm going to miss something. Right. I don't want to, like, what am I missing? Right. But when you're there and then you want to just jet out, by yeah. the way, that's, that's the hard part. And by the way, I just want to tell you one thing. Uber, Uber has been a shalom biased dream because now it's just like, all right, I'm just going to Uber. You take the car, take the car, hun. I'm going to, I'm going to take an Uber. Ooh, so you go separately. I'll leave separately. Ooh, ah. Because we're not going to take two separate cars to a chasana. Right. But if I got to leave, I'll just take an Uber. But I, I I like to, you know, at least give the courtesy. You ever nervous sending like your wife alone an Uber at night? What do you mean? Do I do that? Do you get no, nervous? She about keeps it? the car. Oh, she keeps and the it's car. Valet. Oh, okay, fine. And I take the Uber. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't send your wife in an Uber at night? Uh, I would. I, I mean, you know, it depends how many stars he has. Dep- if he's like three and a half stars, not happening. Do you, do you check his name and see if it's like yes. Mohammed and cancel? No, no, I'm not racist like that. Yeah, you are. Don't. No, I'm not. I'm really not because, by the way, like seventy-five percent of them are. <laughs> yes. And, and what if his, what if his name is like Shahid Il Aqsa? <laughs> Shahid Shahada, <laughs> which means martyr in Arabic. <laughs> like Muhammad El Jihad. Yeah, that might might be cause for concern. But on on a on a general note, I don't really pay attention to that again because it's also short rides. It's not like you're right. going, you know, you're going home. How many? How long is it? How far yeah. is it? You know, to your house minutes, from any minutes. hall? Yeah, it's, if that. By the way, what's going on with the music at Hasidus? Is it just me, or it's just too many decibels, or am I just old? It is getting loud. Is it's it getting, getting loud? loud and just it's getting, getting super beady. Yeah, it is. And I don't. It's not like I mind that. I don't mind that at all. No, I do. I do. I come home, my, my throat hurts, my ears hurt. The truth hurt. is, I left a chasana the other, last week, and my ears were literally ringing yes. for the next hour. Exactly. One hour of earring. I'm not okay with that. So when I have to wait for my wife, though, you, like, you have to always like find somebody, like you pass the lady section, yes. find somebody, you go get my wife from the... Because you, you don't want to be the peeping Tom that, that everybody stares it's, at, staring at the women. Yeah, you don't want to stand in wife. the lady section, but you, you have to you have to pass. Like, you know, you have to get in there. You just can't go deep in. You know, you can't obviously get amongst the ladies and be like, I'm you know. never comfortable. I'm never comfortable. I, when well, I, I'm, I in, wait. When I, I'm also in, I fly by the lady section. I walk in the doors. If the lady section is first, which for why, some reason but why? is. Why you just don't want to be? Like, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. How considerate! I don't look, I don't. Want I don't. Uh, by the me. way, I don't. I also don't spend time there. But also because I can't stand the sight. Like it's just when you like pass the lady section and the ladies are dancing and it's just like I don't know. Sometimes they'll have like a tablecloth out and, and then <laughs> the women in the middle of Arches. the tablecloth. <laughs> There's arches, all sorts of things go <laughs> on on the ladies section yeah, that have no shaykhs to the men, and yeah. we don't do any of that. 
So when you pass by and you have those flopping shaitels and it's it's, I don't know, it's not a good, it's not a good feel. Mm 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 mm. But we we have some of the shtick sometimes. You have you have no. I mean, where like a Batman comes in, starts running around. I mean, I've seen the costumes. <laughs> yeah. They come in like it's usually like some type of a fat suit or, or some or something, and. And it lasts for like five to ten minutes. Like yeah. after three minutes, everybody's yes. bored, and then these yes. guys just be like, "No, I've had it." Then, then he changes costumes Ex- and he comes back out, and then he's Spider Man. No, he's- no, no. I haven't. Like, I'll see some shtick, but shtick lasts for 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 a certain amount of time. Yeah. On on the lady side, again, I don't know how much shtick they have. I just don't know. Yeah, it but sounds like you kind of do. No, no. I just know that it's you uncomfortable for me because I don't on the lady side. Like it's like like again, I just go back to the the floppy shadows and the awkward <laughs> movements. Like it's just I don't know. It's not doing anything for the female image. So you know you what ju- I mean you, you, for their cause as a. You're reminding me about something, and we spoke about this before. But why is it okay that there's videos? You know, there's photographers and videographers at these chasnas, and like we have a big fat mechitza, and then the, the the people go home and they watch the videos. Uh, they're watching everything. What do you think they they stop it when the when the women when the women are dancing? Well, first of all, the videographer is usually a guy, right? Is that true? I mean, that's look. I was never my eye into who the well, the neither was, was I. But that's how it's done. If you want to talk about the letter of the law, what are you talking about? But there's so many. From Jewish videographers. Who cares? Again, if you want to talk about the letter of the law, how is it possible that it's that it's that it's done halachically correct? That is because a it's a guy, and then b is you know once that USB drive gets to your house, that's on you. By the way, if the chasna wasn't bad enough, now listen, I, you know, Mazel Tov, you know, there should be good simchas in the in, in the Jewish world, hundred percent. But then after the chasna, when you get invited to the sheva brachas, I'm not a big fan of sheva brachas. And then you know, and you have all the parties before and after. I don't like eating in people's houses. You know, I'm no, a I don't body. have. By the way, by the way, when it comes to sheva brachas, when they're in the home, that's one type of awkward. And then when they're in the restaurant, that's a different type of awkward. Yes. Like, I can't do multiple nights of restaurant food. I, I don't care what it's going to be. I, I prefer, just can't do I it. I prefer it in the restaurant. I don't like going to people's houses. Well, it depends the house. It depends on, you know, what the, what the matzah is. If it's, if it's comfortable and it's large and it's not a jam-packed chevrachas, it can be nice. Like, Friday night chevrachas is usually nice. I, I guess. I don't know. I Maybe it's just me. I... I don't like being in people's houses. It always feels like if you're in a restaurant, you could do whatever you want. You could say whatever you want. You could ask the waiter. You could complain. You could do whatever. When you're in someone's house, they put food in front of you. You're expected to eat it. What if you don't like that food? You know, what if it's something that, you know, what if you taste it and it's really not that good? And, you know, I don't think anybody's asking you, but, but, but speaking of food and guests, there was a conversation on Twitter today. And it was like, what's your most awkward moments? Let me pull it up. I should really pull it up because I want to give like the right people the right credit. Um, let's just see if I can find it. By the way, just a shout out to 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 one Twitter follower who I follow, Twitter Miss. This guy has been on fire this entire week. Um, check him out. Follow him, Twit or Miss with underscores. I don't know. Figure it out. Um, so the question became... That was a great shout out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a riddle. <laughs> I don't if know. You if, follow, if you find them, I can't go through all the underscores. Them, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
if you follow Kidders Club cast, you'll see it. You'll find it. You'll get it that way. So the question came up of like, what is the most awkward? Let me just find it. This. So this is a, a tweet from Schok Pinu, and it's one of the most awkward parts of being a guest in someone's house must be singing Shalom Aleichem with them. And like, it's just the two of you. So I don't know that that spiraled into a conversation of just the most awkward situations in which you were a guest on Shabbos. So I came out with one of my stories, which was I was eating with a bunch of friends and it was Shabbos day and they served chopped liver. So with three, four guys and we're eating over and the chopped liver comes out and one of my friends like he smelled something is off and then anyway, chopped liver is not for me i just gotta i just gotta throw that out there never wow. got into the chopped liver sorry i mean to, it's a sorry. basic it's a staple sorry i i, I can't do it can't anyway do it. it's one of my favorite items so with the he, onions, he the bends onions? down he bends down to the chopped liver he smells it and he you know how he like just like moves he was totally repulsed like completely like taken he was he was completely surprised we all like got close to it. Smell it was completely rancid. Ooh. Oh, it was terrible. Ooh. And like certain things are worse than others when they go when they go bad. Like chopped liver is one of the worst, the worst things that can go rancid is chopped liver. Yeah. Anyway, the the, the host sees us and he's like, he's like, so how's the chopped liver? And he sees no one's touching it and like no one answers. And he looks around. and He goes, awkward. Is it rotten? And he smells his own, and it was obviously the most rancid. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing because we were so uncomfortable. But get this: what does he do next? He takes his scoop of chopped liver and he shoves the whole thing in his mouth oh. and swallows it down. Oh my! Then God. he goes and he takes oh. each one of our scoops of chopped liver and just proceeds to completely down it. What? And then follows it up with like some coke. What? Yeah, it was. What? We I, were looking at him what, with what? four eyes. I don't. It was know. like what just happened. And then his wife walked in, and she had no idea. Now, now there are things I'll do just like you know to to to, to save somebody's you know feelings and not to embarrass somebody. That is not on the list. That That's is not bad. on the list. Well, the, I don't he was know. doing it for his wife? He was doing it not to embarrass his wife. He's a sadic. Again, he's, he's a, a sadic, sadic with tapeworms, but at the end of the day... <laughs> lose weight, so what? No, no. There's no I'll chance that he it's did not way. have long-term... I don't know what happened. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Because I just... I couldn't follow... It's not something you can follow up on, and I, I didn't even know the guy that well to follow up, even if I wanted to, but there is no chance that he did not have like long-term issues from that act of self-sacrifice. There's wow. no chance. That's a, That guy's a sadic. By the way, it reminds me, quickly mention our Dvar Tire for the day. Chafetz Chaim, famous story that he was uh, a guest in someone's house and the uh, the wife salted the soup. Uh, her, her cook or her housekeeper didn't know. She salted it. Someone else salted it. There was a, a lot of salt in the soup. The uh, the soup was brought to the Balabas and to the Chafetz Chaim and he says, Kavit Kain, you know, Rav, please start. Chavetz Chaim tastes it. Excellent. The Balabas tastes it, and immediately his jaw drops. He realizes it's way oversalted. He looks at the Chavetz Chaim in total embarrassment. The Chavetz Chaim turns to him and he says, Don't say a word. You finish the entire soup. And the two of them finish the soup, and Chavetz Chaim says, Excellent. Please, could we have more? He tells the Balabas, We're finishing the whole pot. That's what you do to make sure that your wife doesn't feel bad. 
and you keep the shalom bias. Okay, I I'll saw this on last week's Parsha. Okay, first of all, salty soup is not rancid chopped liver. <laughs> That's number one. And number two is, like, what are the lengths you're supposed to go to you, when it comes to sparing the feelings of your wife? And by the way... And it's not like, did she even make that chopped liver? She probably bought it. You think I she don't made know. it? I mean... If he's going to that length, maybe she made it. I imagine that she made it, not, and it was probably like the first time too. It was probably like her first time making it, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, this cannot end this way." This was like a young couple. Yeah, I mean, it had to be a young couple. What we're talking about years and years and years ago. Wow, yeah. this guy's like this twenty guy's my, years ago. This guy's my hero. That's all I got to tell you. I would never do that. Forget that. I mean, I don't know how I feel. I don't, I just, I don't know how. I, look, I, it's definitely like he's a hero of sorts, but just like what, where do you draw the line on heroism and then just your personal safety, your actual personal safety? Like, because again, there's <laughs> yeah. no chance he, he didn't have, third eye now. <laughs> there's no chance he didn't have long-term issues from this. There's just no chance. I, I'm, I'm okay with tapeworm. And I got to tell you something. And when it comes to any time where let's say your wife is giving you food and it is good it's no good like do you just not tell her like it's terrible it's a terrible dish it came out terrible and it's just and if you and you're gonna go and say yeah oh wow this is delicious honey is amazing you're gonna get that next week (laughs) and you're gonna be stuck with that for the rest of your days number two i heard uh rabbi tatz once spoke about this in a in a shalom bias class and he says so what are you supposed to do he says the next time when she makes something else, you say, oh, honey, this dish is great, and I even prefer it to the other one. <laughs> That's how you do it. So you have to have this whole diabolical yes. plot yes. just to get your wife to stop making this terrible yes. whatever it is I, I that mean, you don't like that she can't even make. And, maybe and she's, she's convinced she can because yes. you've lied to her. Yes. And you have told her, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. Yes. And then you got to go next week. I prefer this dish to, to that the other dish. One, right. So now she's making both. both. But the emphasis <laughs> is on, I don't know, man. It's just so much easier to say, mm, I don't know if you got this one right. By the way, that's another reason why I don't like being a guest. Because all that pressure, oh, oh, it was delicious. Everything was delicious. I can't. It's too much energy. What are you? You're not ninety, man. No, just, it's too just much here's the hand. Wait, here's the aside. I want to go. I here's the aside. What would on. you want if you make if you made this entire meal? What would you want to hear? I would like to hear right. it once. Right. You don't have to overdo it. There's people like, oh my god, it was so good. Oh my god, it was the best. Oh, the food. Like, okay, exactly. calm down. Do that. Calm down. It's food. Exactly. When and you go all you need to do is say it one you time. Could, you could be as one. negative as you want. Oh, you know, the fish was like undercooked and this was it. You know, and you're not hurting anyone's feelings. I just don't want that pressure. Listen, if you have a need for negativity, just take it out somewhere else. You know, they have these like they have this place where you can go and actually like like take yes. an entire room yes. and just break dishes. Yes, and, like they have yes. a whole setup. It looks like a living room or something. Yeah. And you you like you put on goggles just so you don't like lose an eye and you just go in there and you break everything in the whole entire room. Yes. <laughs> and you could just wreck the place, smash it. It's not cheap. Those places are not cheap. Well, I, I don't imagine that they are, but again, because you're destroying the whole place. Yes. But actually, this could be a problem of Avedazara. Why is that? Because what you, you're taking out your anger. This is not like, I don't know if it's, it, it depends on how you're going. If you're going just like fun, fun, like, like schadenfreude, like just, you know, you just want to break stuff. That's one thing. But if you're angry and you're throwing things in your anger, that's Avedazara, man. Interesting. Yeah, you learned something new. I learned something new. This is our <laughs> our Torah episode. 
<laughs> if this is our tour episode, it's pretty sad. <laughs> so speaking of spaced out, <laughs> did you see this article about the declassification of UFO documents that the State Department is going to declassify? Yes, I saw it. I definitely did. What I are your feelings did. on that? I have, I'm having all these mixed feelings. I mean, these are a lot of these reports are from like legitimate like Navy pilots, uh, you know, Navy SEALs. I don't know. Like these are not just, you know, this is not Bill, the uh, hobo on the corner. This is like a legit, you know, decorated officer in the military. And they've seen these crazy things. Okay. So I did. I saw the article. It was like a Fox News article. And then like much more important than the article with like the comments on the article. Like I got <laughs> lost in the comments. I was like scrolling for like it's an hour. Best. It's like like one one guy's like, no, UFOs are totally legit. I, I totally saw one. I was I abducted. Know, I couldn't explain <laughs> how it was moving so fast. Like, And then the other guy's like, no, this is just nonsense. It's just back and forth. I saw UFOs. I never saw UFOs. UFOs are garbage. So look, they have footage. Something's moving at that pace. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. I also don't care. I don't I, I care a little bit. I mean, look, let's let's uh, let's Listen, throw, it's 2021. This, wait, wait this is let's get straight. Episode. It's 2021 and they have not come yet. Like UFOs have not landed. Whoever it is, whatever it is, they don't want to be known. Like like what do I care? Like well, I'm done. I, I I'm would okay. ask you, I would ask you like this. Well, you know, there are some some high up people who who believe in UFOs like uh, Harry Reid, who was former senator, was he like speaker of the house or something? Here's the question. Is there any implication let's say a ufo came tomorrow and it landed in washington dc take me to your leader is there any implication to yiddishkeit if there were if aliens exist if they uh, exist and they come out and we see them and they look you know weird they got weird appendages <laughs> what's the <laughs> Yeah. Weird appendages. Yeah, you know, like their ear. They have ears, you know, and where their nose. I, should I be. can't imagine it has any bearing on halacha. Like, are they going to integrate into our society? Like, obviously, no, they're not it, Jewish. Have, I mean, do, you do, cannot marry one. Is that what you want to know? <laughs> Why you cannot could, marry one? Well, could be That's the only implication that it would have. They cannot be a mashkiach in the restaurant. <laughs> Cheap labor. If they. <laughs> <laughs> if they misguire, what happens? Like, what's the what's the status of the of the kid? I don't know. I mean, these are questions for like, ask your local rav, man. I don't know what to tell you. I remember. But I once I saw. I once saw. I think it was a Amnim Yitzchak video, and it was like you know how he has all these balchuvas and whatever. And there was a guy who got up and he's like, rav, rav, uh, what about the UFOs? And he's like, stop already with the UFOs. He's like, no, it's real, it's real. The UFOs, the UFOs. And and he's like, what are you gonna say to that? He goes. Let me ask you one question. What do the aliens have to do with you putting on tefillin in the morning? <laughs> and the guy was just like, uh, he's like, exactly. Just keep putting on your tefillin. Okay, Rabbi, I'm going to put your tefillin. But what about the aliens? <laughs> For me, I, I would love if they were aliens. That's all I got to say. What, what do you want? It would be like, so exciting. Are you that bored that and you need we, like a, another species? And then we take trips in their ufos you know take us into space fly around i don't think that's happening sorry you remember that famous twilight zone i remember orson wells oh remember that war of the worlds people thought well for those who don't know in the 30s there was a radio program it was called war of the worlds and people didn't know like it didn't have much of an introduction or people tuned no, it in did, too late it did. the introduction was like we're under attack we're under attack the aliens 
and people are just listening to their radios and they're like, what? And then, wait, and then, and then they just played music. Like they played music and then they interrupted the yeah. music with more news reports that were yeah. obviously fake because it's a show. And people panicked and they thought it was real. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a, a, a similar thing. Was, I guess it was about 20 years yeah, ago. I learned point. about that in high school somehow. Did you? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how I know it. Well, th- we had a similar thing when uh, one of the movies of, uh, I believe it was uh, X-Men, and they were putting signs. I remember the signs that were saying, don't vote for Senator so-and-so. He's a mutant. Hmm. And I was seeing these signs, and I'm like, what? What? What is happening? And it turned out a lot of people were seeing these and just getting so confused. But the point is, is that you could really get people to believe anything. That's really the moral of the story. Well, that's what advertising is all about, by the way. Advertising is all about influencing people. Marketing, yeah. Marketing, advertising. It's all about influencing people to buy your product, basically. So how do we influence people to uh, get more listeners on the show? (laughs) Get more listeners. If you want us to influence people about your product, contact us now. (laughs) By the way, could you imagine if these aliens do land in Washington, D.C., and they, like, take me to your leader, and they come to Biden? Like... (laughs) I think that's, that's the signal to take over. Yeah. That'll be their cue. Like, we're done. We're done. They'll be like, we don't even have to fire a shot here. We're done. But speaking of Biden, once again, we're back to politics. We've come full circle. Uh, and that's a good opportunity for us to introduce our next guest, who is running for political office. Uh, we're going to find out more about him. Heshi, by the way, Heshi is a man with a presence. He is uh, a very likable guy. Yes. You know, on on the news you see him. He looks like he's nuts, but he's pretty intelligent. He's knows what he wants to do, and he's committed to doing it. So we had a lot of fun, and we appreciate him taking out the time from his busy schedule because this man does not come up for air. I've never seen anyone move <laughs> as much as he does. He's always in motion. And he always has something to say. That much I will say. <laughs> anyway, we had a good time with this interview. Take a listen. I would like to welcome to the show Heshi Tischler, who is a legend all in, in and of himself. Uh, Heshi, you're running for community council. Is that right? City council. City council. City council of the 48th district. Which district is that, by the way? That is the Flatbush, Midwood, Sheepshead Bay, and Brighton Beach uh, district. Uh, Manhattan Beach also. Um, and we encompass over 200,000 families. Um, and I'm going to also try when I win city council, which I will win, I'm going to also try to fight for speaker. Now, no bill passes without the speaker's permission. And this speaker who is an idiot and the city council that just didn't care about us till now, I'm going to make changes. I'm going to be fighting for the people. These idiots just want to make legislation. I'm not a legislator. I'm a man of the people. And you're going to be asking me questions and asking me about my past or background or if I'm on drugs or some kind of medication, uh, which I'm not. Um, (laughs) They've tried to give me, but I'm not. But I am a guy who has one rule, simple. I don't lie. I don't steal. I make many, many mistakes. So if you don't want to hear the truth, like I tell my clients, no problem. I'll tell you any story you want to do. I'm a very good storyteller. You're not going to hear any bull. And if I don't like something, I'm going to tell it to you, just like I tell my inspectors, just like I tell, you know, the people in the street. Some inspector calls me the gangster Jew. I'm not a gangster. I tell you the way it is. And if you bully my people, I bully back. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing for 35 years. You know, And, you, and you're doing great at it. And the 48th district, that's, I mean, that's 
primarily, well, not primarily, but it's got a huge population of Jews. Right. 40% of the vote will be Jews. The problem that I have, wow. and I'm going to be with you, the Jewish people have been very quiet many years. And we've had, you know, like in Baruch Kamenegu, we stay quiet. We try to take a little uh, dessert and we take a little entree. We don't fight when we have to fight. And when they knock us down, they think they're going to take us away. I am, my father was a Holocaust survivor. He died when I was 13. And I heard the man cry. He was a strong man, a man in the, in the army. He lost his family. I will not allow this to happen again. I've been raising my family since I'm 13 years old. I've been working for the community. It's nothing new I'm doing now. You know, a lot of my competitors are going to soup kitchens, distributing food, uh, visiting old age homes. I do it every day. I go to the hospital every day for 30 something years. I mean, you were very, you're, you were, maybe you still are very involved with Maimonides Hospital, right? Still, I've always been, in, even though people say, why do you work in the most crappiest hospital? You know what? It's near my home. They hurt my people and I can fight for them. You're right. I can't win every battle, but I know what I'm doing. So this is where I know my, how to help. I can't work in all the hospitals. A lot of hospitals know me and are scared of me. Do you know how many people in the last 14 months I got in to visit their family, to sit with their dying family? I I got a few hundred in. Just imagine if I, you know how many people died because we didn't do it? We want to, I can't save everybody. I can't take every corner. It's not only me. I have a nice network of 30 years of these wonderful women, Mrs. Krauss, uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Friedman, women who do magic things and have worked with me, doctors that love me. You know, if, and if you watch and work with people, I'm just a guy who serves soup, hand out blankets, visits to people and makes them smile, walks around the emergency room, gets you in the system. I'm nothing special. But the little things make things happen. And that's what I've been doing. Absolutely. I want to get into just how you got involved. Well, well, before, I just want to clarify, the 48th District, that is Chaim Deutsch's, also another, I mean, I think he's a from Jew, right? Yeah, Chaim Deutsch, I know him for 40, so a good man. Uh, he is the uh, councilman of the 40th district for the last eight years, and his seat was being empty due to term limits. I was going to run, I'll be honest with your 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 your, your listeners, I was going to run in the ballpark district. I did run three years ago. My mother passed away four years ago now, she was, and um, I was sitting shiver, and a lot of people know me, and I help a lot of people. I'm talking, I had 21 kids through my house. I have hundreds of people uh, that I've helped from jail to their homes, to their buildings, and many people came you, to you me. You mentioned you had some foster children, right? It, they're not, we don't call them foster. I made a mistake. They're kids that needed a place to come and hang with Heshi, or I work with their parents. Remember that. I'm not a guy that takes children away from their homes. Sometimes we have problems. Just like me, I'm not too bright, you know, and sometimes we have to run away. So, I mean, Linda will kill me if I run away, trust me. But uh, we need sometimes a break. And the Tischler home with my boys have always been home. My refrigerator is always open. My door is always open. That's the way my mother was. That's the way my father was. That's the way my grandfather was. And I see, it's not a Ochem. I see it is, but I see that it, it can help somebody. And I remember as a kid when my father died, I used to hang out I used to walk into Bar Park Conventioners and I used to hang out by these two families, a Bichler family and a Kapler family. They had like 10 children, 13 children, everybody running around. And they let me do what I wanted. I felt free. 
I felt no restrictions. And I used to talk to the old man. And the old man says, Heshi, in this house, there are no rules. And, he, and I couldn't believe it. I, I never really respected people. I was going through a tough age at 13, low father. And the man was the coolest dude on the planet. I want to be that cool dude. I want to be the hero to my children. I want to be able to help others who help me. That's what's called paying forward. And that's what's me and Linda. a lot of kids that need that. that. They need that atmosphere. They need that that mindset where they can just feel like they can do anything. And that's a tremendous help. And, and, you know, we have a youth center with 50 kids. Some of them smoke pot, which I'm not too happy about. They just need some. I'm told when I come in there not to talk. Hey, you talk too much. Shut up and just listen. And I do. <laughs> sometimes people just need to be able to talk and hear. And sometimes they need you just to tell stories. And I'm very good at that. I'm very patient with that. And I believe that. And the reason I got into this thing when my mother died they they want the people that were taking over just kept abusing our community, not caring about my children, my neighbors. I'm okay. I'm doing pretty good. So I jumped into a race three years ago with $15,000 while my competitors spent 800,000 and 500,000 wow. professionals. And I had three weeks and I lost, I put my name out there, but this time I wasn't going to run, but I was thrown into this race because of what the mayor was doing, because what the governor was doing, because our politicians that I make phone calls, usually they're scared of me when I talk to them, ignored me, ignored the, the hundreds of thousands of residents. So you know what I said? I'm going to teach them a lesson. If the people want me, I'm there. I'm going to open my mouth. But this time I'm going to open it up big time. And I'm going to show you what I can do. And whatever you've seen me done, I don't have wings. I don't fly around. I'm no magical person. I'm not a star all I am is a regular guy who's learned the ropes, who's learned how to fight the city, and I do it well. And I try with the help of all of us, you, my friends in the Syrian community, the Ashkenaz community, the Black community, the Russian community. I have friends that cooperate, that help us, charitable programs. Hi, I have a kid that's lost. I can't keep him in my house anymore. Would you take him? I, hey, I have a guy who just came home from jail. I have a place for him to stay, but I have no clothing and no bed for him. And these people are so great. I can make the phone call. And yes, when they call me, I'm always there for them. So is Linda. And that's what I do. You talk a lot about Linda. She sounds like an amazing woman. Uh, no, she's not. She doesn't like me. <laughs> no, 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 Linda has been with me for 31 years. She doesn't like the spotlight. She has been my rock. Every time I've messed up, I, I really, nobody really even, some people don't even believe she exists. You know, I, don't really <laughs> I was going to say. We keep hearing about her, but as of yet, nobody's ever seen or heard from her. I think in the 99 weddings I went to, she came with me to three of them. But, um, <laughs> but she is a girl that uh, I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night just because I'm upset that she's sleeping and I have to get up at 4.30. And she gets up and she helps me make sandwiches for the hospital or for people. Um, she takes care of the children, the grandchildren, the nephews and the nieces, um, goes to the help center with the business, the bank. She does her own charity work as well and it bothers me because she's actually a good person and i'm no good and she <laughs> nah, and come on hey i can't believe it i'm sitting there she's you know you're handsome which is very good to say because i believe i am but uh <laughs> she actually still believes it after 31 years so i think <laughs> it's going <laughs> you, could, have a speak to my wife please Maybe, maybe it'll rub off. Actually, a lot of our people, a lot of our listeners, we've been getting a lot of uh, questions and, you know, some of them are in New York. Some of them are in the rest of the country. Some of them are in Eritrea. One of the things, I mean, the main thing that everybody wants to know about is the attacks. Everybody's afraid 
everybody's t telling their husbands and their children and, you know, don't walk around with a yarmulke. This is New York. Uh, you know, we never experienced something like this. What's going on and how do we get it to stop? Well, let me tell you, you have an idiot mayor, which I've been saying for the last 14 months, a man who has instilled hate had the Black Lives Matter, had the protests go on, um, encouraged the protests. So if you have protests, I understand you're having a rally or a protest a little bit once or twice every night, having the city turn over, having the police not patrol the streets. Of course, crime is going to rise. Of course, crime was down when you locked us up for four months last year. But when we're not locked up, there's shootings all day long in Times Square, in the Bronx, everywhere you go. You cannot be afraid. If you're going to be afraid, we have now in the 21st century, we have organizations like Shoyman and Shmira. We have guys like there out me that you can call. Guys, do not be scared if you're going to live in fear. You're right. These animals are coming after us. And I'm going to come back after them. Our okay, leader, but we had, there was a, there was a, I think there was an incident on 18th Avenue in Ocean Parkway. Two incidents in Borough Park, yes, uh, two days ago. And, and they, this, did they catch the people? Did they catch the perpetrators? No, you, you know they're not going to. You know they're incompetent. You know the That's mayor's ridiculous. a liar. So I want you to know that the reason is because our crime fighters are scared. They're scared because, one, they're going to lose their jobs. They're, they're funding them. They're cutting down programs. Unacceptable. I'm telling you now, when I get into office, I'm going to change that. I'm going to work with the police. I've been, you know, the police have helped me many times. And I can't really tell you why or how. But sometimes I have a kid arrested or a domestic dispute, and they work with you when they have to, even though so the law is a good point. I mean, because sometimes it appears like maybe you're not on the greatest of terms with the police. You had a little bit of a run in with them. I'm sure a lot of our listeners saw that. We were all watching live. I mean, I was watching it when it happened. I think it was like Maitza Yamtov or something. So that was my precinct did not arrest me. The 6-6 precinct told me to turn myself in. My deputy inspector and all my officers love me. Matter of fact, on the Yontif, on the Thursday before Yontif, I was on, I was the only independent leader, which I don't even know why they call me. They didn't call anybody else. Only Kalman Yeager was on the Zoom call with 40 cops and a couple of leaders from the Syrian community, from Bell Harbor, from Far Rockaway, all telling the police, yeah, 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 we'll do what you want. We'll close our schools. And you know what I told the police commissioner? Not one shul, not one school, not one store will close. We're not going to dance on the streets. But you think that we're not going to fight back? You think I'm not going to go back at you? And the commissioner says, you can't talk to me like that. I said, yes, I can. Same way I opened the parks. I know the laws. I know the game. And you're not going to do this, Justin. You're not going to come in without warrants. I've been to... So what, what, what are we supposed to do? Like, in other words, like, let's say Tachlis, right? While I'm walking in the street, uh, should I get myself some pepper spray? Should I call Shomrim? I, I don't want you to break the law. You know, by the way, the mayor sent... The two cops came from the Bronx... Then he sent four detectives. One of them kept telling me, Jesus, 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 the Jews won't go to heaven. Uh, the black cop, he sent people who hate me. Two warrant officers, four detectives, seven cop cars for me. Come on. A guy that works with the police, the guy was talking to the commissioner two days before. He wanted to make a point. And you know what? For me to go to jail, and I had 60,000 people in all of our communities, in Bopak, Flappershmeet, with every shul open, you were all scared. And what did I tell you? Don't be scared. We're going to do it. I don't want you walking in the street with pepper spray if you have to do it. I don't want you doing anything illegal. Walk with somebody. But you need a few more months because I'm going to have those streets patrolled better. Do not be scared to walk with a yarmulke. 
We are going to fight back. We are going to catch them. I have the Shoimim. We have the Shmira. We are running around now. We are being more vigilant. But yeah, they're going to come after us. Why do you think I go to these rallies? Because I want to show the Palestinians, I will stand face to face with you. And they warned me, the, uh, the judge, if I get arrested again, I'm going to sit here in jail. So here's the deal, my dear friend. What do you want me to do? You want me to go hide and cower so I don't go back to jail so all my other people should suffer? Put me in jail for another year, but my people are not going to work in fear. It's not only the Jews, it's the Blacks, it's the Asians, it's all of them. And I'm not going to do it. I've, I've, I've heard my father cry. I've been to the Holocaust. I've been to Israel over 200 times. I've, my, my family built Israel. I have family all over Israel. And don't think I'm just an Ashkenaz. I have Syrian family. I have Ashkenaz family. I have I have them from all over. My, my, my actual family is a real melting pot. I have 106 nephews and nieces now. I have two mm-hmm. grandchildren, kids that, that don't belong to me that are considered mine. I don't want you to live in fear because if that's what you're going to do, you know, I have 104 suicides this year in the hospital. Huh. Why do you think? Because of depression, mental health, people locking themselves up by torturing them. And that's just those people who hurt themselves. And I'm talking children, 16, 15, 21, mothers, 22 years old. Is that what you want to do? You want to see me cry? I'm 57 years old. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to fight. I'm going to stand up. And I don't care what you all think about me. I am crazy. You know what? I'm not crazy. You hear my two-minute videos. I know how to sell my product. I didn't sell it correctly three years ago. Now I'm selling it. And the next month, I'm going to really start uh, advertising it. And yes, I do need donations. I've been running after the Syrian community big time, which I want you to come. HeshiTishla.com. And I want it. You guys do not want a leftist in there. Let me just tell you about my competitors for a moment. Now. Wait, before what? you get to that, I just want to I want to know a little bit about just curiosity. You, you said we don't need to be afraid. You're not afraid. If you have to go to jail, you go to jail. So you actually went to jail just now. Right. And you, you, you spent you spent the night. Well, first of all, the guy, the the Arab Palestinian that bit a Jew with his stick was out in six hours. Me, who did nothing, who did nothing did not cite nothing. The police took me out of my bed on one o'clock on Tuesday night, said, Heshi, the kids are making a riot and burning masks. Get over here. I said, detective. I said, deputy inspector, are you crazy? I'm in bed at one in the morning. I just go to bed. Have to be up at 4.30. He says, Heshi, can you see me? I'm so sorry. Yep. He said, he, I said, I said, listen to me. I said, I don't understand you. I'm going to bed. He says, Heshi, if you don't get over here, people are going to get hurt. I said, why are you calling me? He says, you're the community leader. I said, you have councilmen, you have assemblymen, you have senators, you have rabbis. I went out one o'clock in the morning. I sent the people home and the police asked me to create the Simchas Basis Sheva, the, the protest or rally the next day. That night, Mr. Cornbooth calls me at four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, texting me, calling me names, threatening me. So it's like calling me in the middle of the night. You think I'm not going to be upset with you if I see you the next day? I'm going to come scream at you. He was told not to come to the rally. The prosecutors interviewed his brother-in-law who made the rally. His own brother-in-law is the one who made the protest. And what they did was is they found a scapegoat in me. And just like with the locks, when the, when the politicians finally showed up on the 4th and 5th Park, when we cut the locks, when they were caught, they handed me the locks. I'm not a rat. I go to jail for my people. They kept me in jail 24 hours. They lost my fingerprints twice. They let me sit on the floor with 12 people in a cell. No social distancing, no masks. They tried to feed me not kosher food, telling me it's kosher. I laughed. They didn't let me daven. 
You're talking, I didn't, it's like the first time I didn't dive in in years. And it was how, like, how is that? How is that legal? How is that? Okay. Exactly. Exactly. As a matter of fact, when the Jewish police officer tried to come and talk to me, they sent him away. And when I was trying to talk to my uh, lawyer alone on Zoom, you know, confidential, they opened the door and listened in. This is who your mayor is. This is your city. In. Now, if That's you amazing. want to my competitive- Can't you sue them? Can't, can't you bring a lawsuit? You know what? A lot of you people think I don't waste my time. I have a lot of people that screwed me in the past. I have a lot of people that messed up. I could have gone backwards. We have no time to waste time. When I wake up 4.30 in the morning, it takes me an hour to get ready. I got to get to, sh- to the hospital by 6. I got to dive in. I have a day to go. You want to waste time. You want to go. I've seen people in lawsuits, which I've helped legal matters, years and years. Like my mother went through a lawsuit when she lost everything. It's a waste of time. I go forward. There's so much more to do. I know that my time is coming to an end soon, maybe 30 years, 50 years. I'm not going to tell God I was busy in court wasting time. Every time I see a judge, it disgusts me because some of them don't know what they're doing. My lawyers, I don't trust anymore. I, I hire lawyers, but I'm the one who makes the decisions. I'm the one who tells them what to do. When I have lawyers working for other people, I tell them what to do, how to do it, because I've studied the law. Should have been a lawyer, but the lawyers are no good. But I don't hope none of you guys are lawyers. But <laughs> even though my son is going to be a well, lawyer, actually, what was the what was the reaction of the lawyer. other uh, the other inmates? You had twelve. Oh, I'm sure so, these were not upstanding citizens. Right. Some of them, one guy carried guns. Another one that beat his wife. Somebody with a stabbing. And they tried to get me into the worst cell. And everybody was screaming, "Put him in my cell! Put him in my cell!" At the end of the 24-hour period, not only was they were silent, I was speaking to them, preaching to them, and I even helped three of them now with their case. Uh, I, just like wow. now, when they punished me to community service. Where do you think they put me? They put me in a black church in the middle of Bushwick pantry kitchen where, they, where people are shooting and robbing all the time. And not only that, I'm running the pantry kitchen, okay? <laughs> they there. We're serving 300 people a day with shopping baskets. People are kissing me. Then they put me in a gay a thrift shop. Not only that, I'm bringing in more donations than before, okay? They have cheap ties now, by the way, $2.58 or $0.78. Oh. Cents. I'm going to send That's Linda quite a deal, back. though. I can't afford these 55 ugly ties, $55 ties. But, and, and you know what? I can adapt to wherever I am. I worked in the projects where there were drug dealers, uh, shootings. I had to go to more houses of, uh, I don't know how to say it politely, you know, where there are bad women there. Because houses I had, of ill repute. Yes, yes. Because my workers had to, we had to change toilet bowls and stoves. I had contracts there and I had to be there to watch my workers, not to get accused, not to get arrested. I had to deal with drug dealers. I had to deal with kids who were robbing and stealing. And they stabbed me once in the project. I remember the knife didn't go all the way in. And while I was bleeding, we laughed. My workers tried to beat him up because he tried to rob the payroll. I've worked in the Bronx, Manhattan. I still do. Queens, Staten Island, um, Far Rockaway, where where Edgemere Projects, one of the worst projects in the city of New York. I know how to deal with people. I know how to feel compassion. I know, you know... I've got a question. What do you say to the critics that say that listen jewish people are supposed to fall back we don't make a fuss we don't make uh you know a big deal about things if right. you know if we're being targeted we fall back and we stay quiet and, and and leave it the way it is right so those are people like a good uh 
or yeshivas that have lots of money coming in, better people who have comfortable lives. Now, why don't you? We have to, you know, you have to. I got you. Have to acknowledge who that is. Those are those are big people. They are good as those big big organizations. And those big people don't represent me because those big people have, for many years, have not taken care of the little people. Come to Mazbia. Come to uh, Shevesachem, where we feed 141 families who have no food for Shabbos. Who we give enough food from Friday to Sunday, and they even try to scrimp and scrape. Instead of eating a whole chicken, they eat a half a chicken so they can have an extra meal on Sunday or Monday. They do not represent those people. I know what it is to struggle. I know what it is not to have $256 at the end of the week to pay my bill or to be able to buy diapers or walk around in holes in my shoes. I see people who can't pay rent. I see people who couldn't fill out the PPE forms or can't get, uh, who are being evicted from the houses that I have to help. I see people living in squalor. I took over a building as an HPD receiver. Do you believe it? The city hired me to work for them. I'm a receiver. I took over a building that they wanted to pour in a quarter, $350,000. Screw the landlord. What did I do? I worked with the tenants. I rebuilt the building over three and a half years from an F building to an A minus. The tenants love me. The people love me. You have to be able to work with people. You don't so see. So you're saying the, the people, you get along well with the people, even though despite being a very uh, major advocate for the Jewish people, you get along well with the African-American population, the Latino Asian population. Latino. I helped them all. Do you know how many Jewish people are struggling? How many are suffering? People say, oh, hey, she, they're making 40000 a year. Let me tell you what, $40,000 a year, $40,000 a year doesn't, you can't even eat before, uh, before you, you spend it on health insurance, even if you're getting free health insurance. What is $40,000 a year when you have three or four kids? Do I even have to blink on you on diapers, doctor bills, extra medicine that's not included? Get rent paid with that kind of money. It is a shame the way people think. So you're right. I do not make deals with the big boys, but I help the big guys. I help the big developers who employ thousands of my people. How many times have I needed jobs for people who came home from jail? Do you know how many people come home from jail that our community does not care about? Our senator says, you come home from jail, I don't want to know you. Why? I have three felons living by me. You got to give these guys another shot. I've had hundreds of people that came to my house and we give them apartments, give them a way of life, put them in job. I had one person who died who couldn't make it. A lot of them want to go back to jail. You guys How do you feel about uh, felons voting? That's a that's a hot button issue. You know what? If they did their time, they finished their probation, they're allowed to vote. They're back. They're no more felon. They're called an ex-felon. They have the rights like every citizen. Everybody makes a mistake. Look at the guy who owns my favorite pillow, whatever that pillow company yeah, is called. A billionaire. You have people who own Domino's and other companies that were felons and made mistakes. Kids, you know how many kids that I've helped that have caused trouble or done bad things that are now fathers, mothers, who have made their lives better and we thank God wiped out their records that you don't know about? Come on. You think people don't make mistakes? Everybody screws up. Everybody gets tricked. Everybody gets cheated. If you think you're smarter than the rest of us, you're on the wrong planet. I've been around a long time. A long time. Anything that can happen to somebody has happened to me. So I'm there. When children lose their parents, why do you think I go do a lot of shiver calls or funerals? I know what they're going through. I feel their pain. It hurts me. It hurts my wife, hurts my children. And I don't, I want to try. I can't help them, but I can make it a little better, a little comfortable, just a little smile. That's what I try. Maybe 
sometimes 21 times I've been successful. I'm going to a wedding in two weeks for one of my boys that went to this wedding. It's gorgeous. It's a monster that could crack me in half, even though I tell him I can still break his neck. And you're talking, he's getting married in two weeks. I have stories like that. I wish I had more. And I could do more. We're a city councilman. I can distribute the funds better. The way our politicians are doing now, they don't care. You know, I have children that are sick. They need special operations. They don't call the hospital. They don't help them. I have a guy now whose restaurant was shut down by a sheriff who hated this guy. All the, all the councilmen had to do was make a call. I can't help you. Why? Because he didn't want to put his name on the line because he's too scared. They might come after him afterwards. I'm going into there to torture those government agencies. Defund them, punish them, reorganize them. And you know why? Because I have the experience from the DOB, the DOT, the DOF, and I'm just giving you letters, but I can tell you what they are. These are agencies that screw our people every day. They think they have- What's your plan to help the low-income families that you're talking about? Well, most of all is a lot of our families uh, are looking for jobs. First of all, the wives uh, don't have jobs because of they can't take care of the children. We need to create a better aftercare program for our children. We need to have better money for our schools. That means we should be able to take vouchers for our low-income families so they can send them to better yeshivas. <coughs> um, we need We need to take care of um, uh, hold on a moment. Let me just open the door for my co-host. Yeah. She always comes late, my co-host. She's here. But we need, there's so much that I can do for low income. Like, you know, many times when I was building buildings or helping people with their projects, I helped low income families uh, get low, better loans to buy their buildings or buy their apartments. And they were able to continue from there to live better, lower their rent from $2,100 a month to a $739 maintenance fee on their apartments. Yes, they have to pay a couple extra dollars here and there. Now, just imagine you're saving $1,200 every month. How much more is that for your children and families? You know, we have kids that have special needs children that the government is behind a year, eight months. Now, you tell me, I don't know about you, where you're going to get $300 more a month, that's $100 per visit, times 12 months. I don't have $4,000 extra. We have to make sure that these special needs programs are run. We need to help the low-income families, the wives, to be able to work. We need to be able to help them with their education. I'm not too happy with that. How do do our listeners uh, support you? What what do they do? Where do they go? There's a website called heshitishler.com, H-E-S-H-Y. T-I-S-C-H-L-E-R.com. Donate button. Not asking for a lot. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 75. And that's it. We're good to go. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, our listeners, you heard it here. Uh, HeshiTishler.com. That's how you donate. Uh, he can use all the help he can get. And of course, he needs everybody to vote. That's more important than anything. There's, 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 there's an early voting. If you go on the... If you go on to the New York City uh, Board of Elections website and check it out, there's early voting. By the way, you didn't ask me one tough question about really my past history of all the bad I've done and people I've killed and stuff like that. <laughs> what was that? What question did we miss? Oh, good. Yeah, I'm happy you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> we, I guess we didn't do our research. We didn't do our research. You did very good. I did very good. I, I love you. <laughs> I say how handsome you look. <laughs> Thank you. He wants you to keep talking. <laughs> That's it. 
Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and we wish you good luck and hopefully the Jewish community will get out and vote. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you again. We good wish luck, you mazel. Okay, and that's all the time we have for this episode. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Heshi. And as we said, this is not an endorsement of any particular political candidate. <laughs> but we do appreciate Heshi giving us his time. And uh, hopefully in the coming weeks and months, we're going to be having other interesting people uh, on the show. If you have anyone that you're interested in us having, let us know. Drop us a line. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Comments, questions, suggestions. Also, let us know what you think of the audio this time around. These are our new mics. I don't know how they're going to sound, but I hope it comes out well. Let us know what you think. Hawk at KiddishClubPodcast.com. Drop us a DM on Twitter. Shoot us a comment in the YouTube. And we are out. gave me such a small price. He thought the fat guy would be happy. I'm not happy. Look, I was there. I saw came, it all. You came very late. We had a lot of, you know. Wow. Stop it. No excuses. I want a big slice. You got it. You got it. It's on its way. You got Thank it. You. Bye. Bye.